Hello, and welcome to PB&J at the Movies. This week, we are reviewing Steve McQueen's new film called Widows, um, which is about four women with nothing in common except a debt left behind by their dead husband's criminal activities. They take fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms. Thank you, IMDb, for that synopsis. Um, this week we are um, BBBJ. We're not PB&J this week. Um, I'm Becca. I'm you can say your name, yeah. Ben. I'm Ben. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jeff. And I'm Becca. And you're listening to PB&J at the Movies. Okay, welcome to PB&J at the Movies. Like I said, we're reviewing Widows. Um, I think we're all in agreement that we really liked this movie. Let's start with Becca B first. Becca, what did you think of this movie? So I was really excited to see the movie. I actually um, messaged Jeff months ago after hearing about it on a podcast and saying that I looked up the trailer immediately after hearing about it. Um, I wanted to see it, and I'm not a movie buff like you guys are. And so for me to be so excited to see a movie um, is uncommon for me. I really liked it. I thought there was a couple of um, things that left me kind of wondering or a little confused that we'll talk about a little later. But overall, I thought it was really good. Jeff, what about you? I really liked it. Um, I liked Gillian Flynn um, <laughs> and her uh, plot twist. Which I did not see coming. Some people did. I did not see the plot twist coming. Be Becca says she saw it coming. Mm, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see that coming, so I really liked that. Um, I really liked the acting in it. I thought it was good. Um, we'll talk about Oscar chances later. Unfortunately, the Oscars don't always go for action. stuff like this. Action films, um, which is unfortunate because I think there was some really good acting in this. And we do love Steve McQueen. Yes. Yes. Which we can talk about that, how different this movie was from... From his other movies. From his 12 Years a Slave, for example. <gasps> or Shame. Or Shame. <laughs> um, ben, what did you think? I really liked it. I, I love heist movies. Like, I'm a big fan of Ocean's 3 and stuff. But I like how it was more than just heist. There was, like, the politics going on. It was, like, a lot more than just getting the money and getting out. You know, it had to be a lot. It was a lot more than I like that. Of course, the acting in it is brilliant. You gotta give it to them. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked this movie, too. Um, I will admit, when I first saw the trailer, I thought, mm, just another heist movie. I mean, it's cool that it's got, that stars women. You don't see that very often, but it didn't look like anything special to me, but I do um, really, res I do respect Steve McQueen, and so, um, I'm really glad I saw it, but yeah, the acting was great. There was a twist at the end. Um, Hans Zimmer did the music as little there is, as little as there is, uh, but I I thought it was really great too. So, Jeff, why don't you why don't we talk about the Oscar not or the Oscar predictions first? Yeah. So I think the things that it has the best shot at are going to be uh, best actress Viola Davis. There's a small chance for Elizabeth Debicki, I think, for supporting actress. Um, I actually.
actually heard recently that people are trying to make Daniel Kaluuya a thing. For really? For supporting actor. Mhm. I thought he did a great job. I did, too. He made me terrified of him, so. He made me, like, definitely nervous any time I saw him. Yeah. yeah and just, I kept comparing it to his character in Get Out, and I was like, he's the same guy? Like, you know? So, yeah. it's such a different character, but he really uh, can play really diverse characters, so. Yes. And then I think, um, there's, you know, maybe a screenplay adapted screenplay because this is adapted from a 70s British or 70s or 80s British TV show um if you've got Danny Tenenbaum the always has to be on the table um and I think also uh the sound in this movie is pretty impressive um I think it's not going to make it in that category just because we've already got something that's really different in A Quiet Place that's probably going to oh yeah uh take that different spot this year for sound editing. Um, which is unfortunate that they both didn't do there, but mm-hmm. maybe they will, I don't know. And then score. There's no it's hard to have a score, but there's not a lot of score in this film. I did love the music though, and even before sure. I knew it was Hans Zimmer at the end. And you love some Hans Zimmer. I do love some Hans Zimmer, but even before <laughs> I knew that, I, there were certain parts, um, during some tense scenes that I was like, Oh, this music is really good. Um but Becca, we were talking about sound earlier, about how there were parts where even the lack of sound was really powerful. So, um, I loved the quietness of the beginning of this movie. Um, I loved it, and it also made me almost uncomfortable, because mm-hmm. you know, the movie is called Wiz, and you are dealing with the fact that Viola Davis is grieving, and you are sitting there in a theater and there is zero sound and there's kind of an awkward feeling of wanting to say something, wanting to end that silence. And I think it's incredibly powerful. It's something I think that has a good choice of not using any score or any um, soundtrack options. And um, it really kind of stood out to me. So what if so let's talk about how this movie compares to like like Ben you mentioned that you love the um, Ocean's movies I'm a huge fan of those as well I like one and three better than two um, maybe let's talk about how this heist movie compares to other heist movies like what makes this movie stand out do you think it's a little darker too and like and all of the ocean. Yeah. But not just oceans, like just any heist movie. Uh, other than it being female led, which I love. Well, I think know. like it it still had more going on. Like with the with the politics of like the campaigns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. just like how they're not really thieves. Mm-hmm. She just really she got this awesome idea from it because her husband like had the plan drawn to a T. You know, so she was like, We can do it. So it's just like them trying to you know, it's more out of necessity rather than right. Like she had to do. Something. We don't really. I mean, we need this money, but this is not like. It's a one-time thing. Yeah, we're only doing this because we have to, and this is for our families and our safety and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. There was only. I, I don't know if it's still on, but I believe that still is still on. Um, kind of with that same like theme, mm-hmm. and it had Louise Greta. 
Doku School, oh, a single mom, yeah. and kind of that. Mm-hmm. A, but I also think the dynamic of gangs um, and dirty politics kind of extends to that murky mm-hmm. level. They're both involved. Right. right. Yeah. It's like, we're going to go get some jewels. Right. We're going to go to <laughs> Vegas. And yeah. It's just, Okay. This is no Ocean's 8. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like you find out, like, okay, so there's still from Colin Farrell's character, but then the whole time, like, you find in that he was dirty. Right. As well. And then, like, I mean, you kind of think it was because, like, if his family's been in that ward for their whole lives. Right. But then, like, he was in it with Harry to steal from the other guy, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, they're, they're all dirty. Right. Also, a way it's Which different. is more real life. You yeah, know? yeah. It's not as black and white, which I like. Because that's what real life is. It's more gray. Also, it's different. They deal with a ton of real issues like we've been talking about. And one we haven't, I don't believe, brought up is domestic violence, which is talked about a lot in this film. Like, from the very beginning, when you first see Elizabeth Debicki's character, her husband is saying, go put on makeup, I don't like that you have a black eye, and then poking her eye and saying, boop, 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 boop. Like if it's not clear yet that who gave her who the gave her eye. the black eye, you find out. And the fact that he treats it lightly. Yes. Well, and then it comes into a plot point with her later mm-hmm. on. I mean, her character all around, there's the abuse from her husband, and there's also the abuse from her mother. Mm-hmm. That's um, clearly the home that she grew up in and the examples that she had. And career options that her mother displayed for her uh, were just a lot of a lot of things right there for that Mm -hmm. one character to to deal with. That was a lot in one scene, let me tell you. Like mom and daughter beating on each other. And I thought Jackie (laughs) Weaver was awesome for the few minutes the few minutes that she was on screen was she was amazing. I'm kind of, like, upset that she's not in the talks for a supporting actress nomination. Is there, like, is there, like, a, a, a minimum that you have to, wasn't? No, there's not a minimum on okay. you have to be in it. Judy Dench was nominated for eight minutes and won Best Supporting Actress for playing Elizabeth, playing Elizabeth in Shakespeare in Love. So, uh, we're about to get into spoilers, so if you haven't seen this movie, shame on you, go see it, stop listening, go away. We had, there, there were a few issues that we had with the movie, a few plot holes, I guess, or things that didn't quite fit. Um, Becca, what did so you... So, one of the spoilers that I asked, so I was sitting um, next to Jeff, and then there was a friend of ours that went, and Becca was on the other side. seen it the night before and I at one point a very tense moment leaned over to Jeff and said please tell me that this dog stays alive <laughs> there is she, a precious Westie in this movie it's the named Olivia. named Olivia <laughs> and I and to which he told me that the dog is fine and then I said you need to tell Becca now she will leave the theater I was really worried about the dog because but it will raise your blood pressure, but yeah. that is a happy spoiler yeah. of don't have to worry about the dog. Yes. 
Um, and definitely, I was worried about the dog the first time I saw it, and he leaned over to me, Ben, and said... If that dog dies, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> in the scene where she's dropping the dog off at yes. the doggy yeah. day. Oh, and like the guy was watching her, I was like, that dog's gonna kill, he's going to kill that dog. Like, Well, even just when he visited the apartment, I thought, he you know... He killed the chauffeur. And so yeah. I was like, he killed the chauffeur, like, now he's like, good, looking to get at her. And I kept wondering why she brought the dog everywhere, and I think it was because she was too afraid to leave it in the apartment, because yeah. they would come up and kill it. But he kept... Which it, I thought was really cute. Yeah, because, like, the first scene you see the dog, the guy grabs it, and then, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. boom. What were we talking about? One of the main plot holes. So, okay, the... We talked about the... screenwriter who's doing part? Is the screenwriter still doing part? Yes, and Steve McQueen. They wrote okay. it together. Which I found it interesting. I have not seen a movie in which the director addresses the audience at the beginning with the clip like that. So in the very beginning of the movie, after um, all the previews, there is a white backdrop, and Steve McQueen is there talking oh, to the audience. Oh, he does a little about, promo for it. Yeah, yeah. he, he kind of is his own hype man, and he tells the audience that this has been his passion project for decades and decades. I wonder if maybe that's where things got in the weeds a little bit, is that if he's been working on it for so long, he knows where it's going, but for somebody that's new to it, doesn't know. Um, but if you've, if you've watched or read Gone Girl or um, Sharp Objects or Dark Places, you kind of know Gillian Flynn is a twisty gal. And for sure. <laughs> she's known for it. She's known to bring the dark. Um, we, there's a huge plot kind of twist and reveal. Um, we can talk about it. And what am I getting to in the, in the house? So the group of widows is three and a bonus. Right. Um, there actually was a, a henchman that was killed and his widow opted not to join them. And whenever a driver was needed, uh, Veronica, played by Viola Davis, visited her again. And when she went to the home, her dog reacted and started barking and freaking out. Scratching at the door. And incessantly barking. And She sees the flask. Yeah, she sees which her. Which is her own flask, which is her and Liam Neeson's flask. Yes, uh, which you see early, early in the movie. Yeah, that yeah, scene was weird, but they do it so you know that it's his. Yeah. And also, it's special to him because when she goes and visits the guy in the bowling alley who knows him and asks him questions, he's like, you need to drop this, drink, fill up Harry's flask, and drink from it. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he says that I to her. I get that, but who takes a shot out of a glass in the alley? Well, why do, you, why do you, but why do you get your husband, <laughs> why do you get your husband out of the shower Yes, and then you pour yourself a, a shot, shot and, and it. take it, yeah. and then he just looks at you also, and putting, kisses you. And yeah. Putting booze into a flask is not super easy, right? <laughs> it could have been like a late afternoon shower. You know, you don't know that. It could be like we're about to go out, and might as well get a little pregame going. True, right? it, it doesn't have to be in the morning. It just felt with like the scene around that it felt morning. I guess yeah. because we'd only seen him like waking up. I mean, morning. I prefer evening shower. So we find out that, surprise, Liam Neeson, who we thought was dead this whole time, is behind that door 
and has been having an affair with this fourth widow. Because there's another subplot going yes. on. Yes. And you're like, what is going on with this And movie? you're like, what? So with the yeah. twist, I think part of that, I had been suspecting and not the other half. I didn't see the whole involvement with that um, fourth widow. And... <laughs> Whenever, like, the very beginning, whenever they get there, when Van gets, like, shot up, you just see it kind of, like, you know, moving yeah. around. You're like, that just looks a little weird how they said that. Well, I thought they're, they're professional henchmen. The, the gate is, it, the door is coming up, and the cops are parked right out front. I felt like professional henchmen would not be that sloppy, you know? Yeah. And so I, th- I thought that, even though I did think that Liam Neeson's character was dead, and they did talk about in the movie how he was getting sloppy, I thought that was weird for people who do That's history. very Dune. Sorry. Who is that? The fourth widow. The fourth widow. I mean, but who is Carrie Coon? Amanda. The fourth no, widow. No, wh- what else has Carrie Coon been in? Who is that actress? Oh, she's been nominated for a bunch of Emmys. She was in The Leftovers. She's in um, Fargo. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, I thought that people who do this professionally, why would they, why would they, they would know if the cops were just like yeah. sitting outside. So I did think that that was strange. And then for the cops to just shoot right off the bat. Right. Like you, you don't see until later that Liam Neeson shot first, and that's why they shot. That's right. And so, like, at first you're just like, okay, so these cops are dirty, and then you see the political figures, and you're like, okay, so they're working for one of these political, probably the one that's in town. So that's why I kind of thought Colin Farrell was dirty, because I'm like, why would they have his character not have really much at stake here? Right. You know, so either, I thought he was at play with these cops, but he, you know, spoiler, he wasn't. Yeah. Not that the cops are dirty, because we know it, but yeah. he was in it with Liam Neeson, but, so yeah. at first it kind of throws you off in this direction, though. You find out Liam's alive, and that's really crappy because Viola Davis could have been killed, and he knew that. And he's been having an affair with this woman, and, you know, not only does Viola think that her husband is dead, but he has put her life in grave danger, and he's just a terrible person, you realize. Mm. You think that he's, like, the one husband of the four women that actually, you know, was decent and treated his wife with respect and everything, when really, he's the worst one, you know? John Barenthal, I mean... He beat his wife. He beat his wife, which is awful. Well, but the other guy, like, gambled all the money away yeah, and lost his wife's they, shop. Right. And the fourth guy, who we see for a split second, you kind of get the impression that he's very absent, like... Maybe, I don't yeah. Know how I got that vibe yeah. Um, so yeah, you kind of learn that Liam's the worst of them all. Interestingly enough, to go back to Carrie Coon, she played Ben Affleck's twin sister in Gone Girl, another movie by. Oh, I know who Carrie Coon is. Yeah. Okay. There was a scene in this movie that we had an issue with. To me, it was the one scene that stood out that didn't make any sense. There's a scene where Michelle Rodriguez's character 
is looking for information. He has to go to this house of this architect, and this you find out that this architect is a, a widower. Is yeah. that what you call a man? Yes. And they both find out that they've lost a loved one in the past few months, and then they start making out. What? I thought she was going to try and steal something from him. Yes, that's what we were talking about. We thought that with her, there was motive behind it. But for his character, it didn't make any sense. He had just asked her to leave, and then he's, like, suddenly attracted to her. Well, I think it's like, you know, he just got fresh off of his wife dying, and, like... But that's not real, but, like, that doesn't... It doesn't, but it kind of shows, like, okay, it's kind of awkward that she's just crying here. I guess I'll just, you know... He, you can see how awkward he was, just kind of, like... that he thought she was attractive right. at the beginning and I would have thought that oh, unless she was try- unless she did have a motive and was trying to get something which it became clear that he was not going to be able to help her mm. I thought her natural reaction would be to pull back but she went along with it and I for me her character like you're on a deadline like your life your family's life is at stake and so I just felt like it was a weird thing to get distracted by for her character. Oh, absolutely. You know. Totally. Yeah. So anyways, that was like my one big issue with the movie. And she had like she had the job to like find where this like where the blueprints was. But like uh, Alice pretty much was a boss and found did everything. She's mm-hmm. got she got the guns, she got the van, she yep. found out from our architect John that uh you know, what this place was, where it was. Right. And then like all Michelle Rodriguez said to do was find the getaway drive. Exactly. And, oh, oh, she killed that guy. So someone had to, you know, she murder. killed that guy. Someone had to murder somebody, and she was the girl who did it. So and then Viola Davis figured out the potting soil, and that was about it. That was Wait, pretty bold. Can we talk about because I, I want, you know, I thought about the movie for a little bit. So when earlier I said we have three widows and a bonus. That bonus is the incredible Cynthia Erivo. The babysitter. Yes. Oh. Belle. Um, Belle. The short Amazon. First of all, the physical, like, just the physicality that she shows in this movie is ridiculous. At one point, Jeff and I both turned to our friend Andrew and said at the same time, I want her arm muscles. Dude, she's ripped to this movie. (laughs) She was doing a She can run a marathon. Yes. And what gets me, you, she meets Linda, um, Michelle Rodriguez's right. yeah. character because she is like involved in a babysitter service yeah. and she suddenly comes and babysits for her when they have a meeting. And it appears as though maybe they've met a couple of times and then when the need for a getaway driver, Linda's like, I know somebody 
And Belle, Cynthia Erivo's like, I'm in. To which I think that's a lot to take on, you know, saying I'm going to do this when there are very violent gangsters involved or massive jail time with the risk like of stealing five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a big, big risk. I, yeah, I feel like she just got that vibe from Belle. Like, the fact that she came over at the drop of a hat. I've never gotten that vibe. She's so, you know... You're also not trying to steal five million dollars. Her physicality <laughs> and... Uh, Linda could trust Belle with her kids. That is true. After only meeting, after meeting her for five seconds. Mm-hmm. So maybe because she was able to do that and Belle didn't like murder her kids, maybe she thought she could trust her with a $5 million heist. <laughs> I do wish we had her in the movie more. Yes. For um, sure. Yeah. I, like anytime she was on screen, I found myself watching her. Which the trailer makes her seem like a bigger character than what she it is. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, just to the viewers or listeners out there, um, <laughs> she's tiny. Yes. And what was her height? Five one. And five one. Which five is one. three inches shorter than me. And is it Elizabeth Debicki? Debicki, yeah. Is six three. So over a foot. And that's really interesting in the pictures of them together. Yes, mm-hmm. you can tell. Like camera tricks for sure. They, uh-huh. they made it seem like they were next to each other. Yeah. No, they looked way different. There was a couple. So, well, they weren't really like next to each but other. But it didn't, it like, didn't it, like, to me it didn't seem like a foot yeah. though, over a foot. Right. Yeah. Um, another, th- another thing that we've talked about, a little issue that I had with this movie was, in the end, the... Other than Robert Duvall's character getting shot dead, which I think we're supposed to cheer for, um, they get away with the money, and then you see Daniel Kaluuya's character has hijacked the driver, and he takes off in the van with their money and leaves the four women behind. Which I understand for plot reasons that they, you know, that he gets away. I would have thought that his character, I would have thought that it's very risky for his character to be hiding at the heist site and then steal the van with the money from them. That was just very risky. Mm-hmm. I thought that it would make more sense for his character, it'd be more realistic or whatever, that he would let them take the money to him in a secure location. But they would only give him two million. They had five. So he wanted five, and like they were like, they would have dropped the other three off, you know, with them in the with them. In what the were they? Oh, because that was their cut. They only had a, they only owed the other guy two million. Okay, that makes sense then. So he wanted five, and like he probably would have skimmed off the three, and then like gave the other guy. Here's your two million dollars if your name's out here. And then well, he he should have followed them then. He shouldn't yeah. have like stolen the van from them. Well, he would have left them hanging out as like a as like a scapegoat. They're right there at the scene of the crime. Yeah. And then like I'm all, I'm away with their van. But, but little did he know these yeah. girls don't play and they gonna follow they stole, you. Dude, I bet it was Belle that stole that car. Dude, she was resourceful. Yeah. I bet it was her that got it. Yeah. So you see him getting away in the van with the five million, and then in his uh, rearview mirror you see a car following. You think it's the cops. 
it ends up being these girls, and they hit him from behind, and he crashes into some metal. Like an yeah, an on ramp thing, and has blunt force trauma to the head and dies. And stop listening if if you're a good hearted person. But for me, his death his death was not satisfying for me. This was an evil guy who tortured disabled people, and he gets like this very quick death. And I thought that it would have been more satisfying if he had like bled out or they had like chopped off his head or something. It was weird to me because it felt like a very hurried plot point yes. of like you knew that he was going to have to die. Yes. But it didn't feel like, oh gosh, the movie is running super long. Let's just make this short. Right. It just felt super It seemed quick. kind of like an afterthought. Yeah. Or or like, oh, like you said, that Steve was Steve McQueen was like well, we got to wrap this up. Let's make this quick. So that, it wasn't so much that I wanted him to be gutted or something. It was mm-hmm. just that it happened really fast. And then it's like, well, that's it. He's dead. And then all the bad guys are dead. And then, you know. Yeah, and he was a terrifying force. Yeah, he was like the, the main evil character. And he was really evil. And so, He did yeah. some dirty work, you know. Yeah. The way he, like, went with, with, with the rappers. Like, that was a really cool scene. Yeah. The way the camera just went, like, around it. Yes. And he was, like, all into it. Like, oh, he's going to do something. Yeah. Like, and then they, the guys were nervous, and the guy started getting his face wrapped in. And right. And he got more relaxed. And then just yeah, out did. of the blue, just boom, blows his head off. He was perfect for that role, I yeah, thought. Was he great. was very terrifying. And um, and I think that kind of talking about that camera, um, that scene where, you know, the camera rotates. I think would kind of lead into some of the cinematography in this movie that we really liked. Um, that scene was really cool. Also, um, Ben, do you want to talk about the scene with the car? Yeah, like uh, I thought it was cool. Like in the earlier movie, when Colin Farrell's character goes to his political opponent, and they said that like you're running for this war, but you live like a block in, in a nice house. And so then, you know, not ten minutes later, it shows Colin Farrell's character again, like at a, a rally or like a some sort of fundraiser thing, like in the projects. And it shows, and they, they get in the car, and the camera's like on the hood of the car. It doesn't show what's going on in the car. You just hear them talking. And they must have drove like a half mile And you can see the scenery in the yeah. background, yeah. You see the scenery, you see it change, like, okay, so there's some rough houses, some like, you know, empty lots and stuff. And then it goes into like nicer houses and within like a half mile. And then you go to his house, and it's like a, this nice brick ivory house yeah. with like all the security around it. Yeah. Know. So it shows how, yeah. you know, how much the neighborhood changes with only, yeah. you know, within a few blocks. Yeah. Also, they brought up he was attempting during that dialogue. I don't know mm-hmm. if you were paying attention. I think eventually we find out that he was taking the city's system. Yep. And, and he I'm wants to get out of. Politics. He mm-hmm. he hates what he's doing. Um, he doesn't like his dad. There was a, a comment at the end that I just cannot wrap my head around, and it's the very last confrontation. So um, Veronica has left a a book for Harry, and he's gone to go take some details out of Harry, and that's where they get the idea of the step by step instructions of how to draw the heist or how to run a heist brought to you by your possibly dead husband (laughs) 
then you're supposed to sell the book. And I just don't think that based on what we saw as an audience of those characters, in which she was the widow of this man who just took $3 million, that they would let her lead this kind of life. I think that, you know, I, I can't ever wrap my head around, like, was she really supposed to? Did we really think that she would be able to have that transaction yeah. and live? I think he was setting her up to die. Yeah. There's no way they would have accepted that, because then they still have to do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. They just wanted the money in their hand. Mm-hmm. So is Liam Neeson's character, like, just way more evil? Like, is that how he wanted to get... Like, he wanted out of his old life. Was he trying to, like, knock off his, you know, his wife, too? Right. Also, there was... Uh, he talked about wanting to have a mission with his family. Did you hear that part? Yeah. The mission with his family. Oh, wait, what now? The part where he dies. Oh.
I would have been disappointed if, if they had ran in and been like, put your hands in the air. Well, Something and like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it made it really creepy. I'm going to kill you. And that's yeah. what got me on this guy. I was like, why can you hear them breathing so much? Yeah. Like, why? Like, jeez, why? get your cardio in. Jeez. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. Yeah. Requires your, you need those things. Yeah. No, it was great. Okay, so that was our review of Widows. We'd love to hear what you think about the movie or what you think about us or just, you know, anything in general. Um, write to us at pbnj at the movies at gmail.com. That's the letters pbandj at the movies at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.